ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live from under the big top in Northwest Indiana, it's the Compulsive Drop! <laughs> oh boy, I'm glad that's out of my system. That right there, that that was a non-COVID cough, non-COVID cough, and I can prove it. I got papers. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It is me. I am the Compulsive Draft, and I'm coming to you live, as the guy said, from Northwest Indiana, where it is just a beautiful, sparkling day. It's uh, day four of being able to use my rotisserie, and that's uh, changed my life. I, I mean, I can't, I can't say it. I mean, I can't make that any more pronounced. It has absolutely, unequivocally changed my life. Uh, I I now live in the land of enlightened food people. Don't know how I actually survived as many years as I have without it. And I'm just I'm just really thankful to uh, I'm thankful to my grill and uh, and and my grill company for providing the accessories necessary to get the absolute most out of food and food byproducts. So welcome to the program today, and uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I do not have COVID. And as I also mentioned, I have the papers to prove that I do not have COVID. COVID-19, the Rona, the Roro, the Coro, whatever it's called these days. I don't have it. You know what that means? It means nothing. That's what it means. That means absolutely nothing. I've now seen in the past year more crazy bullshit as it regards this particular virus than I have ever seen in my life anywhere at any time. And I'm sure you listeners can attest to the same truth. As you know, I travel for a living. I mean, I don't just tra- I don't get I don't travel and then get paid. I mean, I do stuff when I travel. But I was traveling week uh, week and a half ago. Oh, and by the way, uh, the studio has uh, open windows today because it is spring. So if you hear bird song, uh, that's because they're actual birds uh, tweeting. Like bird, not not like tweeting like Twitter tweeting, but you know actual tweeting <laughs> I don't even know I don't even know how I got off on that uh tangent but but let's get back to what, what I was saying so I'm coming back from California yeah I know the People's Republic of California and I'm coming back and uh, I get a text from my wife who tested positive for COVID and I'm like, wow, that's um, I, I don't I don't know what that means. I'm not sure how to feel about that. The weekend prior, she was at a bridal shower in another state where someone else from that bridal shower tested positive for COVID. So Susan and my daughter and my granddaughter all got tested and my granddaughter and my daughter were negative and Susan was positive. Thus began our odyssey into madness, into COVID madness. 
very nearly immediately after this, uh, my daughter and my granddaughter uh, skipped town. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we, we don't we're negative. We don't want any part of COVID. Uh, we're out of here. And uh, and so they split, which is, I mean, the right thing to do if you if you can. Right. That's what that's what they tell us. So despite the fact that, you know, my my wife is, has been, you know, 12 hours a day, cheek to cheek uh, with with my granddaughter, it was, you know, got to go because that's what they say. And so they did. And that left uh, my wife, myself and the dog. So now I have to get tested because that's the right thing to do. That's what we're told to do. So I go and get tested and we're waiting for those test results, right? Because we're, we're positive that I have COVID because I'm in direct proximity to, to my wife. And so, you know, the second, the second round of, of things to do is to change your entire life. So we began that process. And for me, that was work. This week, I'm supposed to be in Alabama, sir, on a project. That didn't happen because, well, because I've been exposed to COVID. And if I've been exposed to COVID, I could expose somebody else to COVID. And we can't expose anybody else to COVID. So I'm just going to change all my plans and lay low and work from the house and not go out to a project and meet my customers and the folks from my team. Okay. So I'm going to do that. So I do that. So I changed that whole, that whole dynamic of my life. And meanwhile, Susan begins to develop some symptoms. You know, she's got a little bit of stuffy nose. She's got an intermittent headache, uh, just kind of feels slightly off. And honestly, I felt the same way. So sure, sure. Shooting. I'm expecting to get a positive COVID result, which I did not. I got a negative COVID result. So I don't have it. And she's got some, some, some minor symptoms and we've changed all of our life uh, around to, to suit this particular virus, this COVID-19, SARS COVID-19, I think it's called. I don't whatever. And then all of a sudden Susan felt better after about three days. And we still now, now, now here's, 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 here's one of the points that I want to make because I think it's, I think it needs to be made. So, you know, trying to be responsible people and doing what we think we're supposed to do. We, we each called the doctor and here's, here's what the doctor told us. He said that, Susan should wear a mask in the house. Yeah, we didn't do that. Um, that we should sleep in separate bedrooms. Yeah, we didn't do that either. And that Susan should um, quarantine to a small section of the house where her particulates can't be absorbed by me. And we didn't do that either. Uh, in fact, we pretty much lived our life the same way we lived it every day before COVID. I still don't have COVID and she got over it in about three days. We're just kind of living our life. Now, this is not meant to downplay people who've had very serious reactions 
or symptoms to COVID. But the reality is, and always has been, that this particular virus has a survivability rate of 99.94%. Yes, that is true. And if you dig deeper, you find that the vast majority of fatalities arising from COVID are in the age group of well over 65. I think that the median age was like 77. And again, this is not to downplay or say that younger people or people without comorbidities can be just as ill. It just on a percentage basis is a rarity, an absolute rarity. Why then are we treating this virus like it's the bubonic plague? I mean, as people found out that Susan had COVID, I mean, she got a call. She got a call from our neighbor who, 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 who said, oh, honey, I'm so sorry you have that. Okay, thanks. Why, why do we think? Why do we think? Why have we been programmed to think that this is such a disastrous disease? I'll tell you why. Because as a result of decisions made by people without any evidence at all, they caused this disaster. This disaster that we're facing right now, and that's unemployment and suicide rates going up and addiction rates going up and people losing their their fortunes and their 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 life for their businesses their small businesses this this was a man-made catastrophe this never had to happen but as a democratic operative the former mayor of chicago Rahm Emanuel said never let a good catastrophe go to waste. I'm paraphrasing. I don't think he said catastrophe, but he said something that was very similar to that. And that's the point. This is an opportunity as a power grab by the government. Now, as evidence is starting, more and more evidence is starting to come out that, you know, wearing masks doesn't work. And the ridiculous guidance that we're getting from the CDC and the World Health Organization and these these very these various other clown colleges that are they're telling us how terrible this is. It's not. It's not what they're telling us. And yet, like lemmings jumped off the cliff following the thousands of other lemmings because our government told us to. That's the point. We're treating a virus which is akin to the flu as the bubonic plague. Let me ask a question. Do you trust the numbers? Do you believe the data that's being told to you by the government? I mean, it's coming out now. For example, a city in, in, in Ontario, Toronto, to be exact, Toronto, they have been counting people with COVID in their system 
at the time of their death, even if COVID was not the cause of death, as the cause of death. They're counting that in the COVID numbers. I'm telling you, the COVID mortality rate is so pumped up, artificially inflated. It's an absolute joke that's been perpetrated on the people who willingly accept whatever they see on CNN as gospel. Nobody this year, for example, had the flu. What a great, it was a great year for the flu. Really? Just suddenly, year after year after year, we we have trend, flu trends, and, and then all of a sudden this year, nobody gets the flu or a cold. But these COVID numbers... But these COVID numbers, A, the COVID numbers aren't real. B, the very same people who are in charge of our election are responsible for gathering and quantifying COVID statistics. There's financial incentives for people to have COVID. People are using COVID as a baseball bat for whatever they want. Teachers unions. Oh, I can't go back to school. It's dangerous. Even though kids risk the the risk of kids transmitting the disease is infinitesimal. I mean, the numbers are are microscopic. And yet teachers unions are using COVID as a reason to not go back to work. New York City is (laughs) the state of New York just passed a bill. They're going to give 15,000 of your tax dollars, New Yorkers and the rest of us, because the federal government subsidizes, especially with with this knucklehead in office, subsidizes the state of New York. They're giving fifteen thousand dollar checks to illegal immigrants who've lost their jobs during COVID. How much did you get? I got nothing. Some of you got fourteen hundred, but the illegals get 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 they get stroked a check for fifteen large. It makes no sense. None of this makes any sense. Listen, this was a catastrophe. And I don't even want to say orchestrated because I don't I don't think our government's that smart to have orchestrated. But what this is, is this is a catastrophe that is man-made, created by imbec- imbecilic imbeciles. <laughs> Can an imbecile, isn't an imbecile by very definition imbecilic? I don't know, but I'm going to go with it. This was created by imbecilic imbeciles who totally hijacked everything. Think about this. You have to wear a mask to go grocery shopping. Susan wore a mask everywhere she went. <laughs> I, I've i been traveling this, this whole time. I get on a, a once a week. I get on a tube that 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 flies 2000 miles with with 150 other people packed into this tube sharing the same air and I never got it. And again, that's not to downplay what is what is a very real virus that has very real ramifications for people that are 78 years old, obese or have comorbidities. And I think if you pull out the ridiculously inflated numbers, just on a percentage basis, you will find that this virus is no different than any other kind of flu that ravages our country and the world year after year after year. But of course, we can't beat 
uh, a former president up, if we can't use this, it's a joke. It's laughable. It's embarrassing is what it is. We've been lied to. Our livelihoods are gone. I can't tell you how many business owners I've talked to who they've lost everything. They've lost the, their entire fortune, their nest egg. I'm looking forward to retirement in a, in a few years, hopefully. These people have nothing. They've had to use it to survive. And that's a goddamn shame. And that's not the fault of, of SARS COVID-19. That's the fault of our government. These, these ridiculous social experiments that they have perpetrated on the American people over the course of the last year, it's unconscionable. I mean, these are like, they're the physical equivalent of the experiments that were performed on the island of Dr. Moreau. These social experiments. They're a fucking nightmare, is what they are. And the irreparable harm done to the country, I can't even, you can't even prognosticate how bad it is. And why? Why did it happen? Because we let it happen. Because we, the people, let it happen. We were brought to our knees. Our government brought us to our knees over a virus with a 99.94% survivability rate. And we're worried about China or Russia or some other country taking us over. I mean, we threw ourselves on the sword for the flu. And that's a goddamn shame. And it's embarrassing. And I don't know that we'll ever get out of this. I mean, the new, they talk about the new normal. Normal is normal. The new normal? What is the new normal? As I view this fishbowl, the new normal is insanity. Because that's what I see. And that's what I hear every single day. And yeah, I'm a little stoked. I'm a little pissed off. And you should be too. And we should demand accountability from the people that did this to us. We won't. I'm convinced there just aren't enough motivated people left in this country to, to do anything. I hope I'm proven wrong on that score. I really do. Because I want to believe there are enough people that are motivated to clean house. This is ridiculous. I mean, this, this country used to be a land of badasses. I mean, we would conquer obstacles and, and, you know, we were, we were rough riders and, and, you know, we were the greatest generation. And, and what are we now? We're not that. We're a bunch of women's studies and philosophy majors who are dictating policy from our safe spaces. And if you think I'm wrong, look no further than the supposed insurgency on January 6th when radicals tried to take over this country, or at least that's what the tweets were saying. Remember how your elected representatives were so frightened of the guy with the buffalo horns? Remember? Look, we used to be governed, uh, we the people used to be governed by ourselves, and we're not anymore. We're not governed by the people. The pe because the people that are governing us now have absolutely no concept of what our lives look like on a day-to-day -day basis. Obvious, their priorities are not with the working people of this country. Because if they were, we wouldn't have all these draconian policies in place. 
their wants and needs and desires couldn't be more different. Their wants and needs and desires are to stay in power, to generate their own personal wealth, and to continue living in the top hierarchy of the lords and ladies of the ruling class. That's it. Everything they do, they do to retain what they have. They could give a shit about you and me. That's a fact. And yet, miraculously, mysteriously, we, we keep putting them into positions where they can continue doing the same stuff. This, uh, this vicious circle is not going to end until enough of us stand up and say, Stop! Knock it off! We're done! I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime, but I am hopeful that in my granddaughter's lifetime, people like her and her peers will rise up and say, You know what? This country was founded on principles by the people for the people. And we need to get back to that. And maybe it'll happen. I'm hopeful because that shining light on the hill, it's not burning so bright these days. COVID is just, has just been a, a real window into the psychosis of our government. It really has. I mean, of all the things that, that have happened over the course of my lifetime, nothing has created, to me, nothing has been as... Has, has created more transparency into the lunacy that is our government than, than this, quote, epidemic, end quote. And that's it. That's the podcast. Stay safe out there because you got a better chance of suffering a severe injury by falling off a ladder than you do of dying from COVID-19. Just be careful. Because those ladders can be tricky. <laughs> really, really tricky. Thanks for joining me this week. This is the Compulsive Giraffe signing off and, and telling you to remember, there is no good life. There is no bad life. There is just life. So live it. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. <laughs>